Hey guys, welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkinson. We're gonna stay in our longer form series on coaching behind the scenes. So, so far we've talked about client communication models, whether you are a coach or a client, we wanna make sure that you're, you're both connecting well and, and getting the best for your contest prep that you can. We talked about the championship mindset, what it takes to really win big, and uh, got a lot of great feedback on both of those. So I want to turn just a little bit, kind of still stay in the same lane, but talk about how to get the most out of your coach. You are the client, you're the competitor, and you've just embarked on this great relationship. You, you think you just hired the coach, it's going to help you, you know, turn that corner and become the, the best possible competitor you can be. So how do you make sure from your side, you curate that relationship to really be effective? And uh, Adam, I, I like what we had done before, which is I, I kind of made my list of, of all the things I think that are helpful, but I'm going to let you lead off and, and see if you have something that you think is the, the number one thing out of all of the thousands and thousands of clients you've coached, what are some of the traits or some of the behaviors in those clients that you say, man, they, they just make me want to give my best. Like I, I, I know we all want to do that for everybody, but there are just some people that, that based on their behavior, their actions, the way they execute their role as a client that, that make you say, I've, I've got to do everything I can. So, so what are some of those things those clients do for you? Yeah, I, I really thought hard on like what one I was going to lead off with this. And uh, I think the biggest thing is asking questions. And uh, I think that there was, that was probably the most powerful thing. And um, I guess I'll lead into the other one, but asking questions is so key. Uh, not assuming that uh, you're just uh, stuck with the communication structure being a certain way. Um, you know, oftentimes I can address everything through email. Um, I usually do like a voice recording. So, um, depending on the uh, context of the email. So if it's something more difficult, I'll usually do an audio file. And uh, anything else might need brush up with a call, but sometimes people don't ask questions that necessarily like require a call or require a whole lot of discussion. So it's not that I call some people and not others on purpose. Um, you know, someone ask me for a phone call, I'm not going to say no. So just the whole preface of asking questions is definitely key. Um, I had one client, she got mad because she's like, I saw so-and-so got a phone call and I didn't. I'm like, but you never asked me for a phone call and you were, uh, you know, 8% body fat for your show and you looked amazing and uh, everything was running smoothly. So um, had you asked, I definitely would have uh, done that and she then was like oh like you do that I'm like yeah you just have to ask <laughs> you know I have uh, I have an entire list of, of those small behaviors exactly like you said and it made me think in my own role if it was to be reversed what, what parts of my life have I played that other character where have I been the person being instructed or taught and and I'm I'm trying to do the same thing I'm asking of our clients right now and, and it, was, it was quite easy because I, I pretty much stay in school forever, always taking at least one or two classes at a time. And in this current program I'm in, uh, different professors handle their communication different ways, just like different coaches. And for example, one of my first uh, professors at this particular school 
had these additional section meetings by Zoom. And so even though all of our students and peers were communicating back and forth on virtual Blackboard and stuff like that, that's just like email support, right? Like you're, you're reading each other's work, you're commenting back and forth, and so you're getting to know these people digitally just through the written word on the screen. But I made sure for the monthly section she had, I booked them on my calendar and I was there for every one. So, uh, you know, no matter how many students showed up, she always saw me there. And, and I was, of course, polite and I'm not the person who's dominating the time, but I just I wanted to make sure that she saw my interest was there. And, and a couple other things were I wanted to, uh, you know, let her know what I really appreciate about her work you know, even just having that open forum for communication. And so I think it's, it's really important for clients to, to kind of do the same thing. When I say I made sure I showed up for those, those Zoom calls, you know, very much just, you know, you know how some clients will drift away a little bit and you don't hear from them for a week or two. And then almost like a souring relationship. It's like, well, you know, why didn't you call me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, you're, you're the client. It's, it's, it's your responsibility to stay in the flow of formal check-ins and asking questions. And every coach does their best, as difficult as it is, to keep track of everybody. But we still primarily deal with the clients who are reaching out and that's why we create those client communication models, the very first topic in this series. So show up, guys, you know, for your coach. Show up. When your coach asks you for formal check-ins or asks you to ask questions, take advantage of that. Uh, I, I, I don't like, you know, I'm, I'm a quiet kind of person. So as I said, I'm not going to jump into any communication and try and dominate the, the conversation but that's even better. Show up, but be polite, be respectful. And I think, you know, you, you can probably think of clients who are like that, Adam, who are always there, always have a positive attitude. They just stay in step with the flow that you've created. And it just makes you want to do your best for them. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that you said, like, kind of make yourself a part of the process. Uh, one thing I do like clients to do is just tell me something that stands out. Um, I have a client named, uh, I'll just say her name on here, Stephanie. Um, very first check-in she did, uh, I'm going to tell you a fun fact about me every week. <laughs> nice. I love getting her emails. It's so much fun. So I try to send one back every time. And uh, it just makes it fun, you know. And, of course, we get the job done with our uh, check-ins. I enjoy it so much. And the more I get to know people, um, and the more my people get to know me, the more human they maybe, uh, you know, um, the more human I am to them. I just think that that's always great. Mm. That's actually the very last thing I put on my list, too, is to be personal. Uh, you, you do get engaged in these conversations. You get to know people like, you know, hey, I have a Doberman, too, or this or that. You know, my kids are the same age. And, you know, I, it's, it is kind of a coach's nightmare to get email that are this long and, and that take, you know, 20 minutes to read. And, you know, sometimes you have to pull up a Word document just so you can start typing this response point by point by point and make sure you're not missing anything. So that's kind of a sure way to not get your coach to, to want to help you. You almost kind of cringe and you save that like, oh, I don't even have time to answer that one yet. I'm, I'm so busy. And so you almost get the opposite if you're too demanding and too verbose. 
but you can do the things you're talking about, Adam, in terms of being personal and friendly and showing that personality and still respect somebody's time. Yeah, absolutely. And they're usually just small things. Um, you know, it, it's fun. Um, I, I won't uh, tell what she's told me through here just because uh, it's just funny. Some of the stuff's just goofy and uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I responded back with, she's like, what did you do this weekend? And I was like, well, I got on my hands and knees and like scrubbed my, uh, you know, living room floor this weekend, like gave it the biggest cleaning it's ever gotten. And she's like, that's really strange. I'm like, <laughs> I like my floors really, really clean. <laughs> that is awesome. You know, one of the things that I also put on my list was, more on the coaching side is a certain level of openness and honesty just has to be there. It's, it's always such a, I don't know, it just opens a, a door of, of knowing that, that you're, you've got somebody who's very genuine when they say, you know, gosh, I really screwed up this weekend. I, I did this or, Hey, I'm really having a, a hard time with this versus the clients. And we all have, biological physiological challenges that need to be sorted out and and you're looking for reasons why somebody may not be progressing but you also know adam out of the more than a decade you've coached that some clients are not able to adhere as well or that they are it's just not the right time for them and they're not doing the things that it takes to progress and yet they want to kind of hide that or downplay it or or even lie about it and then you're stuck racking your brain every week. Like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And nothing is working. And it just makes a very difficult relationship. And I've had these clients where later they've admitted, oh, yeah, I was doing this, this, and this, and just lying to you about it. And it's, it's not like your coach doesn't know that. I mean, we, we know in the ranges of the continuum of physiology what's appropriate and what's not, especially with the changes we're actively making. So it's, I think that's one of the most important things. If you want to be, be somebody who gets the most out of your coach, give them the most accurate, objective information, not only with your progress, but how you are feeling, how it's going for you, how best they can help you. Yeah, I had a client last week. She had uh, went out and estimated a, uh, a restaurant meal, and she said, I just left it blank because I know it wasn't perfect. And I said, this is probably going to be the perfect client. Like she was probably only a few grams off, but you know, the fact that she was so afraid to put those numbers in, cause it might skew our data. I was like, this is someone who just really respects like what they're sending to me. That's always great to hear. Um, another thing I was going to add to that is uh, um, not being afraid to have hard conversations. Um, I, I had a, a client a long time ago. Uh, he's he's a heavier individual. He was very very shy to, um, and, and that's actually what happened. Um, immediately he signed up for uh, group sessions with me, and he does not like working out with anybody. So I saw him come in. I saw him like kind of die on the inside a little bit when he realized he was in a group, and. Uh, you know, he had talked to me, he's like, I'm just going to be honest, and this is hard for me to admit, but I don't really want to work out with anyone. And I was like, well, I'm glad you told me that, because, you know, obviously I can work around that. So um, he was kind of embarrassed to do it. I've had him for like five years now. 
So, you know, it's uh, one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I think he would have left had he not opened up. And I'm really glad they did because sometimes people will just, uh, you know, be like, I'm never going to do that again. And had you not asked me, I, I couldn't really cater to what he needed. So it's always interesting. People tend to be shy to just talk about what they want or what they need, but we need that communication to kind of, um, you know, I definitely have a process and a way I do things, but I am willing to bend a certain direction to just help somebody more. Um, I've even added columns for my spreadsheets for um, clients who have a hard time with adherence. You know, how was your adherence this week? Was it 100%? Was it, you know, 50%? I even had a woman who was worried her mindset and work performance would go down during dieting for a contest. So we made a, a column where she rated her work performance for the week and her mindset for the week. So when she got to do that at the end of the week, every week, we saw that those numbers started being tens because now this was something she reflected on at the end of the week. I've seen that done by a few coaches now, more, more than not, where they're asking some of that mindset type information, which is very helpful. And, you know, I, I would say that we, we so far have kind of talked about two sides of the client coach relationship, which is, you know, that personal side. You're, you're really becoming a personality that this coach knows and understands and enjoys working with. And then there's the professional side. And I would just say to add on to what you're describing in terms of communication, you know, we all have stories of clients that where we just didn't mesh with. And, and I always think to myself, you know, Hey, if, if somebody leaves me or they weren't happy, like what, what could have gone better? And, and even though I think that I proactively think of all of those things, you know, there are, there are usually some warning signs where it could have been just a little bit more communication, reaching out a little bit. And, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll share a kind of a, a pro and a con story with you. But I have one client who was, was losing about a pound a week on a small frame, just doing the just best possible work you could do. Everything was fine. As you said, Adam, you know, you're not, uh, you're not needing to make a lot of changes or rock the boat because things are going, you know, just, just fine. And then all of a sudden things weren't going well, you know, she's, she's not losing. And I kind of drag out of her that she, she started some, some anabolics. And so she's on these PEDs and you and I both know that that's not only going to change weight and progress, but then you're kind of shooting from the hip because you don't know how much is actually body fat loss versus, you know, not because somebody has those, those PEDs in the mix. So long story short, we go, you know, a few weeks trying to sort all this out. And then she just, just leaves and goes to another coach. And um, I'm like, wow, that's, that was really strange because, you know, we, we, we were really doing quite well. Um, but there was just something that she was, you know, she was just kind of letting it seethe underneath. She was, she was not getting from me what she thought she should. And she didn't ask. Yet I have other clients who, as you mentioned with your, your client story, Adam, who just reached out and said, hey, I really need some extra help here. I don't see the progress that we should be making. And, and you can work through that. I have another client who just started and he had that goal of, well, you know, I, I want to lose some body fat, but I also want to gain muscle. So we had that conversation about, well, you know, in very narrow terms, you might be able to get a little bit of each, but you should probably go about 10 degrees off of that 50 yard line one way or the other. 
So you really have one clear priority. And we've really had a two to three week difficult time trying to figure out what he wants to do. And so I've had to, uh, I've had to get on the phone with him. I've had to send some video messages. I've had to create some extra meal planned, all the things just trying to get him to sort this out. But I'm very, very glad we're having that conversation now because it could make his coaching experience so much better. Yeah, absolutely. So that when you actually get to meet people, whether it be a show or for in session, just makes the relationship so much better. Um, when you were coaching me for uh, my uh, last season, um, I came up and trained with you. I think we we're maybe four or five weeks out. And, uh, you know, that, that definitely uh, sets the tone for the rest of the work we had done together as well. Yeah. You know, I would, I would even say if we kind of circle back to where we started with this conversation, it's, it's to even think about who you're actually deciding to work with. Um, the, the very first thing I put on my list today, Adam, was, you know, do, do some research, make sure that this particular coach even has the capacity to give you what you want. And, and it's been an interesting, uh, I don't know, concept for me to have a client say, tell me about your coaching. And a couple have done this. Tell me, tell me about how you communicate with clients. Tell me what you expect me to do. And I've thought to myself every, every time this has happened, like this is a really smart client. This is somebody who is trying to make sure that she's or he is choosing the right coach and is doing some homework. Um, it, it, it's rare in coaching to ask for references. You know, use, that's kind of a higher level thing if you're doing business at a higher level. But I have, uh, I have encouraged people to go look at a coach's background, look at their social media, look at what other people are saying about them. And uh, of course, like any kind of review, you're always going to have, you know, a little bit of a differing opinion. But if somebody's, you know, way up here on the positives and way down here on the negatives, and at least look at the, the focus, what are people saying about this person? Uh, but I just think that's important. I think you should, you should clear some of that up, you know, at the outsets and just make sure that you're you're hiring the right person yeah it's good for a coach and a client to kind of feel each other out and know if they're going to be a good fit or not for sure so it it definitely uh is uh something that you know i would say my my one of my strengths is uh just really being adaptive to what people need um but in return i just always need that communication on what they need to help them. So, um, you know, we will always find a way to make it happen. And I think that's what's great about our coaching is how adaptable we are. Okay. So I have gone through, as I said, both sides of this topic in terms of personal and professional, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you now to be as honest as you can be, Adam, um, be as, as, I don't know if the word vulnerable is appropriate, but, you know, if you could just give one or two words, one or two character traits of a person who becomes a client that you really want to help. So the topic of today's session, again, is getting the most from your coach. If there's one personality characteristic or trait that you can say a person exhibits that brings out your best, where it's like you, you are getting everything I can possibly give, what would that one personal character trait be? I just think the open 
honesty is key because if they're not holding back what they're thinking, you, you're not searching for clues or making a guess. You know exactly who that person is, what they need, and uh, how you can help them. So, so mine would, is tangent to that, maybe just parallel, but it's being kind. It's just being a human being, realizing that you're engaging in this professional coaching relationship. But if you, if you are the kind of person who is just, in a heartfelt, genuine way, a good human being, how can somebody say no to wanting to give you the best? That's, that's social science, social psychology in one word. You know, we're, we're either individuals fighting for what we can get or we are part of a social group working together to make sure everybody gets what they want. That's who people like. That's who people want to give their best toward is somebody who's just a kind, genuine, and as you said, Adam, just, just open and honest human being versus somebody who's always critical, demanding, cutting, impatient, you know, everything that would be the opposite of open and kind. Right. Yeah, it's a... It's definitely a team sport, um, not even just between the coach and the client, but even um, the the people you associate yourself with is huge. And, uh, you know, I think me and you have both had situations where we've let people go because uh, we just know that uh, it's just not a good fit and we try to refer out to the best person for that ability. But, uh, I mean, it you can you can really have someone who makes it bad for everyone kind of so sometimes and very rarely does that ever happen but sometimes someone gets in and it's like this definitely was not a good fit and uh, you you do have to be open and honest and um, as responsibility of a coach it's your responsibility to make sure you pair that person with someone and you're not just leaving them hanging but, um, you know, I had to give someone fully to Corey. Um, I wasn't doing her any good, and uh, she definitely wasn't doing me any good. So I just had to kind of wash my hands of it. But she was pretty understanding that I was only doing that because that was, like, the best thing for her psychologically. Yeah, that, that just happened to me last night, as a matter of fact. Somebody referred me a client and said, hey, Joe, I told this person about you. I said, you're, you're the absolute best. This person has to work with you. And I said, okay, well, tell me about this person. Where are they? What are they looking for? And I said, yeah, I, I may not be the best person for, for your friend. I appreciate it. And I would absolutely love to talk to her. But there are some things that I don't think I could provide that she may do better with somebody else. And, and specifically what I was talking about with this person's goals is somebody who's local who can meet with her and see her because of some of her, her goals. And, um, so I said, so don't, I mean, don't count me out. I'd love to talk to her because maybe I can go through some of those things and I can help her find the right person or maybe, maybe I'm wrong and it ends up that we would be a good fit. But I think that's, that's also, Adam, to your point, it has to be really top of mind for you to genuinely want the best for your clients, even if that means it's not you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously I take a financial loss with that. But again, that was truly what was best for that client at that time. And they had even offered to pay me more to keep me. And I was like, that's even worse. I was <laughs> like, it just, I really want you to be with this person because they're going to be the best for you. That, that did not make my list of things that make us like clients is bribery making, you know, that's that extortion somehow didn't make it to my list. Right. 
<laughs> but uh, that, that's, that's awesome stuff, Adam. I appreciate you engaging in this series with me. And uh, everybody watching, listening, we're going to continue this for at least a couple more weeks going through the Coaching Behind the Scenes series. So keep watching, listening. Uh, subscribe if you have not. If you haven't left us any comments, then, then please do. We're always looking for what you want to hear from us. So you can always suggest topics. And we will see you next time in Contest Prep University.